This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual. Episode number 19, Herm Edwards. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting coaches and parents who help our children succeed on and off the field. Each episode, our host, Jim Thompson, Executive Director of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by some of the most influential players and coaches to share their thoughts and experiences with responsible coaching and responsible sports parenting. In this episode, Jim talks with current ESPN NFL analyst and former NFL head coach and player Herm Edwards. My father was, was, was this way. He just said, look, when you start something, you make sure you finish it. You know, whether you're playing or you're not playing, when you sign on, you got to finish it. Herm talks about how making an impact starts at home and with the parents, how his father helped him develop as an athlete, and the importance of resiliency in sports as well as life. Herm, uh, anybody who watches football on TV knows who you are, but I want to point out some things of your background for our listeners. Um, Herm Edwards is currently an NFL analyst for ESPN. Uh, he brings to that role the same enthusiasm, intensity, knowledge, and character he brought to his NFL playing and coaching career. As a player, Herm may be best known for the miracle at the Meadowlands, where uh, playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, he scooped up a last-second fumble uh, by a Giants ball carrier and returned the game for a game-winning touchdown. He played uh, for nine seasons with the Eagles, never missed a game, uh, 38 interceptions, after retiring as a player, he coached as the head coach of the Jets and the Kansas City Chiefs. In eight seasons as head coach, he led his team to four playoff appearances, including 2004 when his Jets squad finished with a 10-6 regular season record and advanced to the AFC division playoffs, and in 2006 when he guided the Chiefs to a wild-card berth. In addition to serving on Positive Coaching Alliance's National Advisory Board, he's active in numerous charitable and philanthropic endeavors, including the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation and the Herm Edwards Youth Foundation, which he created in 1985 with the goal of making a direct impact on the lives of underprivileged children. He also co-authored the book, You Played to Win the Game, Leadership Lessons for Success on and Off the Field, with ESPN's Shelley Smith. Uh, Herm currently lives in Modesto with his wife, Leah, and children. Herm, thanks for joining us. Uh, my pleasure, and it's always good when we talk about our youth. Um, and obviously, I, I think it starts at home. I, I really do. Um, as a parent, um, I think the thing you realize is that uh, your children awfully, awful, often resemble uh, their mother and their father, not only in looks but in their actions. Uh, and with that being said, you know, one day they'll be our heirs, and our actions and our attitude will be a big part of what we leave behind for them to reflect on. And I think if we just look at that part of it uh, and go on from there, it'll tell you a lot about the young people that um, get involved in sports. It'll kind of formulate their attitudes and how they feel about sports and, and how they carry themselves. And I think for coaches, we have to realize that. And I think not only at times as a, as a coach, especially at the younger levels, do you have to coach the children? You got to coach the parents too, you know. And I think sometimes you lose sight of that, and and you you can't because uh, you know, like I've always said, you know, the best soup is made at home. And um, I think sometimes uh, when parents uh, 
ask their children to get involved in, in sports, uh, they, they, they seem like they want the coach to fix it. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of that is made at home. And it, 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 it's a two-way street. And uh, I think it's a unique situation when you're a, a, a coach that, that you're coaching young, young people, you know, at, at a young age, because that, you have the ability to, to formulate a lot of life lessons. And you can give them something to hold on to. And I think it's very, very important. And I think it goes over, uh, you know, unlooked a lot. We look at the professional athletes, college athletes, and we forget they start somewhere. Well, where do they start? The start of athletics is, is really the foundation of, of um, how their attitudes are formed and shaped. And, and that, that has to work with the coach and the parents. You know, uh, <clears throat> Herm, that's great. Um, great insight. Your own uh, career as an athlete, what were some of the things your own parents did to help you along the way? Is there, are there some things that your mom or dad said or did that really helped you develop as an athlete and as a person? Well, I think my father, for sure. My mom did not want me to play athletics. My father was, was, was this way. He just said, look, when you start something, you make sure you finish it. You know, whether you're playing or you're not playing, when you sign on, uh, you got to finish it. And uh, don't tell me about the coach. I really don't care about the coach. He's the coach. You know, I'm your dad, and I'm going to be your parent. And you, he's the guy. And, and I think sometimes, you know, we want a coach when we're a parent yeah. to really just focus in on our, on our child and make sure our child is playing a lot. Well, see, sports is not about if your child is playing a lot. Sports is a, it's, it's life lessons. And I think we lose sight of that, and that's what, I, that's what I enjoy the most because there's going to be times when your son says not going to be good enough, your daughter's not going to be good enough, and we don't want to accept that. But, see, it's not about us accepting it. It's about your child accepting it, and then what do they do? Because that's what happens in life. I mean, life is about how you deal with inconvenience. And when you get involved in sports, there's inconvenience. It's never convenient. You know, you can say what you want, but it's never convenient. I always tell players this. Hey, guys, if you want something inconvenient, don't do this. Because there's going to be some inconvenience in your life. How do you deal with it? How do you deal with the successes, the failures, the outcome of what is about to happen in a sporting event? How do you deal with all that? That kind of that kind of really describes the person you're going to be and how you deal with those things. Well, you know, I think you're talking about resilience for one thing, and, and that has been shown to be one of the most important things about being successful in life. Um, I remember once when you were, you were at Stanford speaking for Positive Coaching Alliance, and you said something I've never forgotten. You said, um, I'm always thinking about my job and my name. I'm not always going to have my job, but I'm always going to have my name. So if I have to make a decision, I always make a decision in favor of my name. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I think what we don't realize sometimes is when we participate in, in sports, uh, not only does your name represent your family on the back of that jersey, uh, it also represents you. You represent the university. You represent the high school, the junior high school that you're playing for. And I think at the end, once you cannot play, because there's going to come a day when all of us can't play any longer. I think we, we don't realize that when we're very young. We just think we're going to do this forever. There's going to be a part, there's going to be a time when it says, no more recess, you can't play anymore, you got to go do something else. Well, when that happens to you, people re will remember the number of the jersey. They'll remember the name. What did you do? Yep. What did you do? What, what did you do when you, when, when you played the game? Did, did you just play the game? 
did you make the game better? What did you give back to the game so people can remember you? That's what people remember. You know, they remember the athlete, the name on the back of the jersey, what he did as an athlete. Right, wrong, or indifferent. How many, base, how many, how many times, you know, did you, how did you play the game? That's what people want. That's what people remember, how the guy played the game. Did you play it with passion? Did you play it with sportsmanship involved? Did you play it to uplift your team? You know, how, all those things. And at the end, that's all you have is your name anyway. The rest of that stuff is, is you know, it's just part of you. I've always told people this. You know, when, when you're the coach, you have to ask yourself this question. People will, will respect the title because you're the coach. That goes, that's just how we grow up. Our society says, hey, when people are in, in position of authority, you respect it. Well, as, when you grow up as an athlete, you respect the coach because you just grow up that way. I've always told coaches this. I don't want them to respect the title. I want them to more respect the man behind the title. Because when they're able to do that, then you make a difference. Then you have an impact. Then they respect you. Then they go that other 10 yards. They go that other, they run that other lap for you. They don't embarrass you. They won't embarrass the team because they respect the man behind the title. That's more important than anything. You know, the, 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 the NFL is just, uh, those of us who never played in it just really can't imagine, I think, how tough it is um, to succeed as a player, as a coach. There's got to be temptations to go negative, to, you know, try to intimidate, um, you know, to, to go against maybe what you as an athlete, you as a coach, your own values are. How did you strike, uh, how did you deal with that temptations to, to go negative? Well, he, that's the easy route. That's the easiest way to go is go negative because then uh, you get headlines and then it's about you, you know, getting on the players and all of a sudden you become bigger than the players and you don't want to do that. Your job is to teach the player. As a coach, your main job is this, fix it, fix it. You, you, can, you, you cannot give a player talent. You can't give them talent. God gives them the talent. You can coach them. You know, and, and, and that's the thing. You don't want players to fail. You know, there, there's, there's nothing so uh, uncommon uh, is that the unsuccessful player with talent that never seems to understand the, the importance of his priorities and his responsibility to the, foot, to the team. You've got to fix this player. You can't give him talent. You've got to fix him. Because you know, no player practices, no coach practices to fail. They don't do that. You don't go out to practice, oh, we're going to do this today because it's not going to work. No, you, you, you want it to work. I've never seen a player in any athletic competition want to go out there and fail. They don't want to do that. Well, once that happens, how do you fix it? Everyone's going to tell you whether it's the people in the stands, whether it's the guy doing the game, whether it's whoever it is. Everyone will tell you what you just did wrong. Well, I get that part. I, don't tell me about what's wrong. I've got to fix it. That's my job. So <laughs> I don't have time to be negative because there's enough, there's enough people going to say what's wrong. How do you fix it? You know, the thing about coaching is this. I've always told players this. You're going to teach them what to do. You're going to teach them how to do it. But the real critical job for me is tell them why. Tell them why. Because when you tell them why, then they understand through your eyes, this is how we do it, this is what we do, but this is why we're doing it. That's how you fix it. Yeah, no, that's great. 
You know, um, one of the things about you, Herm, is you just got so much energy and enthusiasm. And that's one of the reasons you're one of my favorite uh, analysts on TV. Um, just the way you did when you were a player and a coach. Do you have to pump yourself pump yourself up every day to bring that energy? Or is it just, um, well, how do you do it? No, I, I think it's just, um, I learned this a long time ago. Our life is not a dress rehearsal. It's really not. And I think the thing that we don't realize is time is very precious. And everyone gets the same amount of time every day. And so I always tell people that. I say, you know what? It, everyone gets the same amount of time. You, you can't tell me, well, I was, you know, I didn't have, you, haven't, you, you have the same time I have. It doesn't matter your economic standard. It doesn't matter where you live. We all have the same time. <laughs> it's just, that's a fact. What do you do with your time? How do you look at your life? You know, when I get up in the morning, I got a plan. Yeah, you know, I always tell people, you know, a, a goal without a plan is a wish. It is it. So I get up going, you know what? My life's not a dress rehearsal now. I can sit here and go, well, I'm going to have some minutes. I'm going to have, when I get involved in things, I'm going to have passion. I think it's very important because it means you care. <laughs> it means you care. I mean, I see people a lot of times do things they don't even care. I'm like, really? Why are you doing it? Why are you wasting your time? Well, this goes back to what you're saying about your players respecting the, the person, not just the title. Uh, knowing that you care is a big part of that, isn't it? Oh, no doubt. I mean, you really, um, you, you, you really got to care. I mean, you, you really have to have passion in what you do. Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm a big believer, you know, that, that um, uh, your habits form who you are, whether it's good or bad. And if you don't have passion, for the things you're involved in. Because remember, to do something, you got to give up time to do it. Well, you don't have a lot of time. And if you don't have passion about what you're doing, why are you doing it? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Let, Herm, let's go back and talk about <coughs> resilience. You mentioned it earlier. Um, you know, it's been said, I can't remember who said it, but there's two kinds of coaches, those who have been fired and those who are going to be fired. Um, and I think it's often um, parents, we talked about parents earlier, parents don't want their kids to have to go through any struggle, any adversity. Um, what, what advice can you give to you know, new coaches or, or young players to help them rebound when they fail, when they get cut from a team, you know, they lose their job, whatever? What, what, can you, what advice do you have for uh, developing that resilience to come back? Well, I think when one door closes, another one opens. And that's how I had to look at it. I mean, you know, a, a part of, 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 I don't call it failure. I, 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 I just say a part of the, the experience of, of athletics is how do you deal with adversity and how do you deal with things when they don't seem to go your way. I mean, it, you know, th that tells you about really who you are and how you handle those things. And I just think you look at it as, a part of the process of, of what's going to happen to you. I mean, you know, unless you're willing to take chances, you'll never fail. You'll never fail. You'll have a clean slate, but you never live either. You never live a complete life. You know, unless you're willing to face the crowd, I mean, it's easy to sit in the stands and go, oh, I would have done that. A lot of people don't want to go in the arena. I mean, when you go in the arena, things are going to happen that are out of your control. I've always said this, as long as you prepare yourself, for the event that is about to take place, 
That's all you can do. The outcome is the outcome. How do you handle it, whether it's good or bad? But when you don't prepare yourself to go in the arena or you sit on the sideline and you have all the answers, the person, he's not really living life. You know, I've talked to college coaches who recruiting high school athletes, and they say they actually would like to see an athlete that they're interested in. First of all, they're not, if they're not interested, if they're interested in, they have enough athletic ability. But what they really like to see is them having a bad day, and how they respond to it. Sure, and and, and I've always done that when I was um, actually um, at college at San Jose State. Or even looking at players when I was a, you know, I was a scout or a coach, and you visit with these college players in in the, in the room over at the combine, and I'd ask them, I go, okay, give me your bad games, and they'd look at me and they go, what? I says, I want to know when you play bad. And say, well, coach, I said, no, no, just 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 let me know. Says, give me the games that you didn't play real good. And I wanted to see when he was playing bad. Was it a series? Was it a half of a game? Was it the whole game? And then ask him, well, why did you allow it to continue to happen? You can have a bad play. You're going to have a bad play. But all of a sudden, the bad play can't become a bad quarter. And the bad quarter can't become a bad game. And then all of a sudden, next week, it's a bad practice. Because now, all of a sudden, you're telling me, well, you don't handle that very good. I want to see when you're getting beat, are you still competing? That's the, cho- that's the coach's job, to get it fixed. But he can't fix, he can't fix your emotion. We see it all the time in sports. All of a sudden, you see guys playing real good, and all of a sudden, some bad things happen to them. All of a sudden, emotion le- leaves the football team or, or, the, or the team that's losing, and the first thing people holler is they quit. Well, I don't know about them quitting. They lost their emotion. Yep. That happens to all of us. Well, what happens when that – what affected you to lose your emotion, and why couldn't you get it back? That's where the coach has to tap in. Yeah, no, that's that's brilliant. You know, you you've uh, you've worked with Tony Dungy and Lovey Smith, Marty Schottenheimer. Um, what what did you learn from those really? Uh, you know, those coaches. Well, obviously, uh, Marty was uh, Marty was well organized, very disciplined. He had a system that he just felt that this is my system. I'm going to teach my system. We're going to execute. We're going to be technically and fundamentally sound, and we really don't care what you're doing. This is how we're going to do it. And Tony was the same way. They just they communicated a little bit different. Lovey was the same way. They're, they're all technicians. I think we're all built the same way. It's, it, 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 it's how you communicate your philosophy. And I think the key to your philosophy is this in your system. Any good coach understands this, in my opinion. We all come in with systems and philosophy. I get all that. But what comes first? Your philosophy, your system, and it comes down to players. Is your system more important than the player? Because there's going to be times where you're going to get players that don't fit your system. Are you willing to tweak your system? I think all the good coaches are willing to do that. They're all willing to do that. And the coaches that I've always been around that have been successful, that the, that the players believe in and they'll play for, are those kind of guys. They make sure that they can play within the system, and they're not going to allow them to do things where they get exposed. You know, I heard, uh, I heard a great line recently, and that was, 
it's not the plan, it's the planning. <clears throat> that all the work you put into developing a plan, uh, you got to be able to, to deviate from that plan, but all that planning helps you respond to opportunities. Yeah, I mean, you no know, doubt. And if, you're, if your plan is so set that you're not willing to change it, probably not a good plan. Last time I checked. Uh, Herm, the first time I met you, uh, you were coaching the Jets, and <clears throat> we had a, just a fantastic conversation about Positive Coaching Alliance, and you embraced it right away and been such a strong supporter. Later that, uh, that night, I did a workshop on Long Island for a bunch of soccer coaches, and one of them uh, was a vendor for the Jets, and he talked about when you came into the Jets, you invited all the vendors <clears throat> to a meeting, and it's like, you know, why does, why does Coach Edwards want to see us? And you gave him a pitch about, you know, this is a team thing. You're part of the team. And, you know, he got to take his kid to, to you know, throw, throw passes with a Jets quarterback. And I just think that, that total, uh, total team emphasis uh, that you stressed is so, so important and gets lost sometimes. Yeah, and I, and I just think, you know, all teams are successful by the people that are involved in it. And I think – the final product is what's on the field, but there's so many other la- layers of it before it even gets to the field that, g- g- that gives you the ability to have some success, and you can't lose sight of that. And I think sometimes we do because we, we get involved in what's on the field, but all the things before you got there. I mean, like I'm going down to Orlando. I'm coaching this um, Under Armour All-American game. Uh, in Orlando next next week, uh, Steve Murray, which is coaching one side, I'm coaching the other side. So we have all these high school athletes, all American athletes that are going Division One kids, and um, it's kind of ironic. We've got all these high school coaches coming with us. We're going to have a meeting next Sunday, uh, and then we start that week, and the game is on the fifth, I believe. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. All the things that have to get done before the game goes, before we kick this thing off in St. Pete. And I think we lose sight of that. And I always try to mention those folks to make them understand they're important too. You know, that, that, that when we win, they win too. But it's not. And I've always told the players to make sure they understand that. And I've always told young kids this, you know, thank your parents for all the man hours they put in for you to get to the practice field, for them to bring you home, for them to buy you the new cleats, for them to, you know, kids just expect it. They're like, well, okay. Well, no, there's a lot of sacrifices going on to do this. You know, I mean, all the hours that parents, you know, just go back and forth to the practice fields. And if you have two kids and they're not the same ages and one's at this time, I mean, kids don't get that. And I make sure they understand. I mean, your parents are sacrificing a lot of a lot of for you to be able to do this. You owe them this. This is what you owe them to make sure that you compete, compete. And it's never about the opponent. You know, competition always starts within. I've always felt that way. I've always tried to tell young people that, even pro athletes. Guys, it's never about the opponent. Who cares who we play? We're going to play somebody. How are you going to compete against you? Mm. When you're willing to do that and you understand that, you can leave the arena knowing, you know what? I competed against me. That means you'll get the best out of you, and that's all you can do. Wow. You know, there have been some really um, high-profile on-field behavior. I'm thinking of the Damakong, Sue's uh, stomping, et cetera. Um, how do coaches and parents help kids take away the right lessons, both from uh, the negative things they see, which often get uh, much more focus on than the positive things, but how, how as coaches and parents can you help your kids, uh, you know, watching NFL 
college football, et cetera, and, and taking away life lessons from that? Well, I, I think you have to, when an incident like that happens, um, you have to bring it up to your child and, and let them look at it because the thing that's going to happen is this. When the incident takes place, it's not so much the incident. It's about all the attention that is about to happen for that one player. And my opinion is real simple. All of a sudden, that one player has really taken away from the game. All the focus just went on him rather than the, in football rather than the 22 guys playing at that point in time. That's never good. You don't want to be that guy. See, in my opinion, you don't want to be that guy. You really don't. Because what you've just done, you've made what your actions more important than the game. And your actions are not more important than the game. It's always about the game. You know, we're keepers of the game. Yep. And I say the game, I mean all sports. The game becomes bigger than any coach, any player. Coaches retire. Players retire. The game will continue on. We all have to make sure that we make the game better for the next generation of children that follow the children that just played it on any level. And we don't get that sometimes. We forget that part. We think the game, the game owes you nothing. What are you going to give back to the game? And part of it is how you conduct yourself as an athlete. You know, Herm, in, you've been a, a, a supporter of Positive Coaching Alliance for so long, and we actually use a video clip that you did for us in our coaching workshops. And you, uh, it, it's just beautiful. You say, when the book of your life is written, what will it say? We end our workshops that way because we want coaches to think about their legacy um, and, you know, the book of their life. So many parts of our life, we can't really impact people that much. We do our jobs. But as a coach, you have so much impact. Um, what do you hope is the legacy for you sports coaches? Well, I hope that the, the children that have been under them have become better for it. Not athletes, but better people. Because I believe this. When you make good decisions off the field and your priorities off the field are good, you know what? You'll make those same good decisions and right priorities on the field. And you got to teach them that. You, gotta use, you, have to, you have to use life lessons as well as the sport you're coaching. There's similarities. And you've got to connect the dots for them and make them understand. The decisions you make here will be the same decisions you're going to make in the world. Doesn't change. You know, you know, athletics is about trust. It's about commitment. It's about perseverance. It's about a role. What role am I going to have on this team? What are my responsibilities? It's about not letting the people that you play with down, being accountable, being responsible. Well, those are not just things in sports. Those are life lessons. Teach them that. If, if they can walk away from you and you've taught them that, because most of them, they're lucky if they go to college and, and become athletes in college. But most of them aren't even going to get to the college level when you talk about the levels these kids start playing now at five and six years old. I mean, every, every five and six-year-old right now is a great soccer player or is a great basketball player. I get it. They're going to be in, you know, that ain't reality. Yep, yep. Um, you know, a last question for you, Herm, before we wrap this up. Um, I know you're, you're close to John Lynch and other players. Who, who are some players either 
ones you coached or players today who you really exemplify, uh, that you think exemplify what it means to be a great player? Rondy Barber for Tampa Bay. Yep. 15th career, uh, 15th, uh, 15th year now. We drafted Rondy when I was down there. Excellent player. Aaron Rodgers. Tim Tebow. I mean, I, you know, I, I played golf with Tim Tebow up at Tahoe last year. For about, I was with him and Jimmer Verdette. I mean, Jimmer Verdette, both those kids. Yep. Spent six hours with those guys. I, I, I read something about that in the um, – in the huddle, uh, the Denver Broncos huddle, uh, Broncos huddle, um, in those those clutch moments at the end, that um, uh, Tim Tebow was actually humming a hymn, and he was very calm. And <laughs> I thought that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, there's there's a. I'll put it this way: there's more guys doing it right that you don't hear a lot from because they might not be stars. Where the guys that don't do it right, you hear more about them. Why? Because it creates it, it creates talk. Yep. See, in our world, that's what happens. That's what sells. You know, Tim Tebow sells because he's a star. Okay, but really, you know, when there's a lot of guys that that do it right that go unlooked. How about Jerry Rice? He did it right his whole career. It's just guys do it right, and sometimes, you know, they might not be the superstar, but you're not going to hear about them. But you're going to hear about the guy that does it wrong now. Yep. Well, Herm, um, you know, when I first uh, first met you, I felt like you you do it right. You We wanted you involved with Positive Coaching Lines because you're such a, a great role model. And this, this interview has just been fantastic. And, you know, there are going to be coaches and parents and athletes all across the country are going to benefit from the insights you shared today. So I just want to thank you for today and for your support of Positive Coaching Lines and doing sports right. My pleasure, and I think a word I can always tell parents is this. In the grand scheme of life, when you think of sports, and uh, this is the season of, of obviously of giving, Christmas and all those all the joyous times we'll have here in the next couple of weeks, I think you gotta you got to put sports in the proper perspective. When you go into the store and you're doing all this shopping, remember, sports in life, it's in the toy department. Just remember that when you go in there and you're shopping. It's just the sports. It's right by the toy department, okay? Let's don't make it bigger than what we think it is. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Herm, thank you so much. Okay, thank you now. You guys have a good day. To learn more about responsible sports, including downloading valuable tools on how to help your athletes bounce back from mistakes, visit responsiblesports.com. You'll find helpful responsible sport parenting and responsible coaching guides, downloadable tools and worksheets, and advice from leading youth sports experts. Music for this podcast has been generously provided by APM Music.